Putting up new buildings, we're knocking down the old. We're working in the summer heat and in the winter cold. And the labour power we sell, me boys, for a hard and weekly pay, produces mighty profits for the greedy MBA. And whether we were born here or born in Italy, in Greece, in Spain or Ireland, in England or Fiji, we all of us are workers united. We must stand until the wealthy bludgers have been driven from our land. Welcome to Creatures of the Industry, an ongoing series of oral history interviews with the people who made the building and construction industry in Melbourne and regional Victoria since the 1960s. These podcasts are sponsored by the Concrete Gang in cooperation with Community Radio 3CR. And break a couple of concrete pores to back our lug of claims. So keep your powder dry and hold your head up high. It's glass to glass and face to face, our limit is the sky. We've got a fighting history and we never will be cowed. Our builder's labour is a name to make a man feel proud. Welcome to Creatures of the Industry Summer Specials. This interview with the late Bob Mancor was recorded in 2010 by Juliet Fox. Juliet has been an important and celebrated contributor to the community radio sector over many years. Creatures of the Industry thanks Juliet for making this interview available. Originally it was done as part of the material used in her PhD thesis on community radio. We hope you enjoy it. Well, my name's Bob Menkel. I uh, was born in Britain and I grew up in South Africa and I left there when I was 23 years old. And three years, over just three and a half years later, I, ca- I arrived in Australia. And after doing a bit of travelling and working and all that, and I've been here ever since, and that was 74. And in 76, after living in Adelaide, I, uh, I, uh, I suppose... My Audrey comes from America. I met her in the States, and she came over in '75. And anyway, so we came to, we came to to Melbourne, and I uh, you know worked in construction since '72, and I worked in it for the rest of my life, and uh, that's when my education started. Uh, I had been to higher education, I think they call it, but I found I, I learnt much better in the university of life in the school of hard knocks, and the <laughs> wasn't suited to the other. Um, so I, I then I, I struck these people, and uh, my education started in Adelaide already for the first year, but especially the second year in Melbourne. There was uh, the builders' labourers uh, had amazing people, and it was that generation that had carried their swags in the depression. A lot of them, I mean, literally, they'd been up in Cairns and the riots and uh, jumped the trains and just struggled and struggled to get by. Then they had gone to war. A lot of them had uh, volunteered. And I, the story was they volunteered not because they wanted to go to war, but they never had. Uh, they'd never. It was told to me more than once. But Marco Masterson, who was a very well-known organizer, said, "What do you reckon, Bob?" He said, "I'd never had a, a, a three meals a day, never had new clothes, and never had a, a, a paycheck every month." He said it was great. So that was the sort of people, and they had this. They were just, the, to me, the greatest generation of people. I've, it was the biggest gift I've had in my life. Those people. If you wanted to learn from them, obviously it was mostly men I learned from, but women and men. And then amongst them were the amazing 
with some very amazing people of my own generation, in particular John Cummins, who I met in 76 at Collins Place, which is a big double towers in Collins Street, working on that. And, um, you know, we were having children and all that already. Yeah, 76, Hannah was born. So we were, you know, just a normal kind of family living in Brunswick and just having a good life and just very simple and nice thing. You didn't have to... <laughs> you could afford to live and enjoy yourself. Yeah, it was a very simple, good country to be in with its problems, with its racism and bigotry, all that. And then you meet a Cummins and... Um, you didn't, Cummins never taught us, he never spoke to us, he never lectured us, he just led by example and he just picked it all up. So him and others like him, but he was the shining light. Uh, we started, uh, there was a whole generation of blokes who started coming through the union and um, the, then the 3CR thing came up. And yeah. um, it was in, uh, in, in 76, there was two blokes who I can't remember. One, I think, was David, David Hillier, and the other ones, I, I can't remember his name, I think I told you, he became a, he was a scaffolder, and he became a priest. And he sliced the last time I saw him, but not one that goes around, got one that helps the poor people, a real, just he turned to Christianity. And they were the first two, and then, uh, it, look, I couldn't recall the exact time, I'd be lying, but it was sometime in 76, the con we, they must have gone, and we, we took over, and so we were like the second shift, and it was uh, Mick Young, Angus McCall. Angus didn't come on every week, did he? Mm -hmm. Angus McCall, but uh, the Scotsman, Ian Bolton, John Cummins, and myself mm -hmm. was the main was the main ones. And and in them days, I mean, people of three CR. <laughs> I don't think Cummins came in the very early days. Yeah, no, he came with me. I'm sure. I don't think I ever let come up. I think he always let me. Don't worry. <laughs> anyway, so and it was it was so basic. It was unbelievable. We used to either do it live or we used to record it mostly in our house on a Thursday night, wasn't it? Yeah. On a little tape machine. On a little a teeny tape machine. Yeah, a just a tape. Yeah, cassette tape machine, and that's how we did it. And um, we'd have a few beers, which used to be a bit annoying because Thursday night was pay night and it was. Time when you got paid cash, so it was the time we all used to go to the pub, and it was very different, you know. A lot of it was a lot of mateship and community, is what they call it now, and it is community. The bloke getting to know each other outside of work. Obviously, it was all, all men, but anyway, it was very nice, and we made good friends and got to know really nice bar staff who were women, and it was just a good time. It was a very good time. But anyway, we did it on Thursdays, and then we used to do it live now and again, and. Then uh, you'd know, people would know better than us, that's when the changes took place. Cromwell Streets, I remember, I remember, and I did a, f I did a little bit of work there, but I'm not going to claim that I did much, I didn't. But Ian Bolton was a very good rigger and scaffolder. Ian helped put up the tower in Armadale or something. So the people, the old lad, remember Ian. Okay. He was an ex-seaman, yeah. a bit older myself. He lives in um, Machuca now, he's retired. And, uh, yeah, so, and we, we plugged along like that for quite a few years and there was there was a bit of you know you got it's no good hiding what happened it doesn't matter there was a bit of politics going on and sometimes <laughs> i'll just write it down now they we used to put the tape in and someone would knock it off so it couldn't go on on sunday <laughs> i don't know who it was i didn't even bother i'm sure john would have known so we had to make sure the tape didn't get knocked off it only happened occasionally it was pathetic things happening and we had quite we went to a few meetings i remember that you never went to any of them, did you? I went to a few meetings 
that we used to have with the studio, and John would have been the liaison person, you know, because he was just a natural. He was just... So he would have done a lot of that, and um, we did. I did the Concrete Gang then from 76 to 83, and in 83 to go, I went up to work in, in Canberra, and Audrey and the, and the three kids came along about a month or two later, and uh, that, so that was the break, and then... Um, we came back for we worked around Australia and we came back in eighty eight, wasn't it all? Yeah. Eighty eight. From the West we'd been lost in the West and we came back and then we decided we wanted to live in the country so we lived outside Geelong. And so it was that, that I stopped being active in it, but I was always I've always uh it's always remained close to my heart because it was just so important, you know, and uh, it was it was such a community thing then, I mean if it it was just a small little mob driven by some very, very uh, dedicated, intense people. And, you know, I was a bit of a working class lout and I didn't understand things. I like, I'm like. i much more uh, accepting now, aren't I? Well, come on. Well, I'm waiting to hear what you're saying. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not as narrow as I was, am I? No. You know, you know, and it was a very fixed. With a. Yeah, it was a very, it was a very fixed time that you know, yeah. and it was good fun for the blokes. I don't think it was a good time for the mothers and the children, but anyway. So uh, yeah, so that was it, and I came back, and I have done a couple of programs. I did one of the uh, was it thirty thirtieth year? Or the okay. 30th? Yeah, I went back for it. You know, yeah. got, and Ian came as well, and okay. and uh, it was nice. And there was a bit of a political split when the Beals got deregistered. So Mick Young. Unfortunately, uh, you know. Anyway, it's just the way life goes. He, he, he. We, we, I don't. I've seen him occasionally, but I don't keep in touch with him. And um, Angus McCall, the last we heard, he lived in the, he lived at uh, Monkey Mere, Shopper. Shopper. <laughs> he ended up out there, and as uh, you know, Camo's dead. And um, who else was there? We mentioned. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. So it drifted apart, and then of course John kept doing it until he got sick and. Uh, 70, 80, 2005, and he didn't do it for the... So it was the rank and file then that did it? Yeah. Yeah, it really <laughs> was the rank and file. Well, they were so good about it too. Yeah. It was, uh, now it's the officials, and I'm not... Bl- it's, it's a change in society. Mm. We had time in our hands. Yeah. Thanks of all this that rubbish construction work. Cause I was taught, I've got a young mate of mine, he's got three kids, he's in his 40s. He never works close to home. Even if you, you know, usually they expect you to work a nine or ten hour day. He's working in Colac at the moment. I went there the other day myself. And I said to him, and this is from Geelong. It's mm. a terrible drive. There's, you know, people don't understand. These people the traveling, yeah. commuting is just, it's just, and it's just killing people and family. So it was easy times. We could all do it directly. It was done very simply. And uh, I got a great education from it. Mm. Yeah, great education. Can you talk a bit about what sort of, so, you know, it's Thursday night, you all come together and you do mm. the show. Mm. What sort of content was it? What what sort of things we would you have been covering? Obviously, that's a really long period of time. Oh. but well, well, everything, politically as well, that was good because that was a period when Fraser got into power. And, of course, we're repeating it now. And I've just was, I was just saying to Audrey the other day about... Um, you know, defend and extend. Defend and extend. Medibank was <laughs> cried, and you know, because Fraser was going to chop it up, and, and so it was. That stuff was uh, that stuff was in our minds as well. But it was also safety, uh, 
you know, the, the troubles on the jobs. There was, and then of course uh, the big trouble came in '86 with the registration. But I wasn't. I was working down Portland when that came and on the smelter. So I just watched that from a distance. But everything it was just everything was discussed and the politics were discussed, but not um, no not party politics. Just the general well-being of the working class, you know, and what was good for the working class and what they were robbed of all their lives. So it was it was a nice cross section, and the, and the, we everybody got on. It was just a nice, very pleasant. It's one of them things you'll kind of I'll die with in my mind. You know how it was a very very good uh, seven years of my life, uh, and when I learned so much, and and we'd get on old blokes like Marco Masterton came on now and again, and Marco was a I mentioned before he was an organizer, he was a national organizer, he, he was a he amazing bloke. I mean. He uh, he died he died having his morning walk when he's eighty three had a heart attack or something. But he used to have a, uh, a saying. He used to speak at a lot of rallies. He's come to Geelong and spoke at a lot of rallies. He used to say, "You got to, if you want to know what's going on, you have to go down with a hammer's whack." And of course, there's not a politician in Australia at the moment that even knows where the hammer's whack. So that was so good, and also the people that used to come in uh, to play. Uh, what's the other bloke? Uh, the bloke who drove to, to standing around with the rest of me mates. Clem Parkinson. Clem Parkinson. So we used to get people came in live who were quite well known. It, it was just, you know, you could, it's such a big fuss now. Clem Parkinson was a, uh, he's still alive. He, uh, they should try and get, I wonder if they can get hold of him. He's, I think he's in the, he's somewhere in the, the eastern suburbs of Melbourne. He's in his 80. He was a singer-songwriter, very nice, unassuming bloke. He worked in factories and everything. He came originally from Yarrawonga, Oh, yeah, right through your call. And he'd come in and sing songs. He wrote these nice, simple songs. Uh, uh, this fellow I was telling you here, old, uh, who I've forgotten already, what's his name was? Tony Lavin, who was uh, the, the singer for, which was a pretty well known, uh, uh, you know, Australian uh, folk band, the Wild Colonial Boys, and also another bloke who was a a friend of ours and a builder's labourer, but he was a builder's labourer, a cane cutter. Uh, it was the old days. Um, he, uh, he, he used to work in the Gulf on the prawn boats. He was just, and he went down on the Westgate Bridge, and he just took off because he seen his friends die and his family didn't know that he was dead or alive. <laughs> called uh, called Rex McLean, who's a was a, a very very respected country singer. Yeah, and, and a lot of big names in Melbourne uh, were at his funeral, and and he played with them. He didn't want to go big; he just was a he was a one out. So you know, there was all these very interesting people. And with and, uh, Tom Reed. And Tom Reed, yeah, the bloke. The, have you heard the Builders Labour song on the Concrete Gang? Well, the bloke who sang that was an Irishman, Tom Reed. And Builders Labour. And Builders Labour, yeah. And we're still friendly. He went back to Ireland. We're still friendly with his brother. We both came to Australia at similar times. We met in Adelaide, and. Um, yeah, and the claim to fame is that Audrey sang the last verse was Tom and I played guitar and they wouldn't let me sing because I'm a lousy singer. Oh, so. <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> Audrey, yeah. how exciting. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a big, yeah. And, we, and, the, and another sad thing is we can't find out who wrote that song. Ah. We reckon it was written by a teacher, I believe, from the western suburbs. But, you know, you just put it to an old Australian tune. A thousand miles away, though, I think so, I'm here. So, you know, it's just a small world. and. Yeah. Yeah, so those were the things that happened. It was all down to earth, and and there was uh, the amazing people are the ones that I didn't know or have forgotten because they're the ones who got three CL going. And you know, we just you know they're the ones who did the work. You know, look, I'd most be you know I just names and, yeah. and time. Yeah. 
and you know, it was, it was just meetings now and again and going in the studio while they were coming out. I mean, I'd like to tell you a quick yarn, it's really yeah. not about the history of the joint, but just to put people back what, what life was all about. Rexy was alcoholic and uh, as I say, he was an amazing knockabout bloke and um, he used to come in uh, on a Sunday morning and he, as I say, he was so hot, he was an incredible country singer, they used to say he had a thumb like a metronome, he had kept great time and he sang with an Australian but country voice, he sang a lot of American stuff but he sang it like an Australian, very special bloke, come from Ararat, you know he'd come in in the morning on a Sunday and um, he'd be shaking like hell on the grog and uh, he'd have some old cheap guitar because he was always losing them or hocking them or you know and, and he'd always have a small bottle of Bundy of rum and he'd have a little shot glass and he'd come there and you think, how is he going to play any song when he's like this? When we got to realise it was he, had, he knew how to do it. And he'd open the guitar uh, case and he'd get out the little shot glass and he'd give himself a shot and he'd, go, and he'd just totally, about five seconds he'd just be fine. Tune up, didn't need any tune or nothing, he had an ear like, you know, and he'd play a song. And because of us kind of badgering him a bit about his country stuff, he learnt a lot of Eric, a few, quite a few Eric Bogle songs and did beautiful versions of them. Because he could sing, as I say, he'd grown up in Ararat, his old man. Was a gardener at the, uh, was a Scotsman who was a gardener at the, uh, at the, at the bloody prison there, you know, with, with, with the so-called criminally insane, whatever it used to be called. So he was a real knockabout worker. And it was just a great one of those memories you just, uh, stay with you forever you know so that there was all those good things that happened and that's about it really when did you say you finished up 83 august 83 i went yeah. to canberra yeah, so and i would have got, i would have done it straight up till the end of it right up till then yeah yeah i suppose the other things other than kind of you know your involvement with the program and stuff is is that that broader context of the station that obviously the program was a key part of yep. and your your understanding or your experience of that, you know, why was it there? What was it trying to do, that bigger station? Give the, give the, the, working, the working people and the disenfranchised, not just, uh, you know, obviously the working class mostly, but all the people who never had a true voice, you know, just, and it was that important. That's why they, remember, the, you, you must have heard, they tried to close it down and all sorts of, that's why. They couldn't stand it. They couldn't stand an alternative being put forward. They couldn't stand the truth. So that's why it was so important. And, uh, and it still is. It still is, yeah. You know, I... Uh, I mean, particularly, like, back in 76, I mean, having, like, a uh-huh. bunch of rank-and-file <laughs> yeah. building workers yeah. on the radio yeah. must have been pretty extraordinary. I mean... It still is, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. And it was, it was. There was a lot more. Yeah, I tell you what, there was in those days. Uh, there was a lot more discipline from the from the people, because uh, Ian Bolton actually, uh, you know, and it's, it's nothing to be ashamed of or to hide. I'm not into that stuff. Ian, I got I got nominated for an executive position on the union, and I was Gallagher's nomination. And Ian was never a. Uh, person to uh, he in, in his own mind and Ian ran against me I got up because I had the incumbents backup but you know that, that never really got in the way now I reckon these days that that would get in the way people would just could not handle it 
you know. And but John and all those people, it was just a different thing. And uh, I, in many ways, I think he could have been a better choice than I was. But anyway, he's a smart man. But you know, it's just very different things. And I must also remember before I forget, Ship Siren. Have you heard? That was amazing. I have heard Ship Siren. That was that was. Um, oh, I wish you. I hope there's some old Wolfie still alive. Jack the Hat Davidson, you know, they yeah. still got one of the, uh, what do you call it, it's his name, look, still got Jack's name in it, one of the studios. Studio One, the on-air studio. Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you what, Jack, Jack was just yeah. unbelievable. I think it was in it, they had no, Tuesday morning, I think, 6 o'clock, 6.30, mm-hmm. I began to work and uh, he would say, and he was always like, yeah. he'd come on and say, yeah, Good morning to the good people. To good, good morning to the good people of Melbourne Town. I think he just had this real working class port way of speaking. Yeah. And it was just, it rolled off his tongue, and it it, it was just fantastic. It mm. was friendly. It was warm. It wasn't forced. It was just how people were. So people like him were amazing. Mm. Just you know, and uh, so then he'd have the stories of uh, he was that was the wharf he's in. He was with the waterside workers, and um, it, it was just. And they did a series. They read. I don't know who read it but um the ragged trousered philanthropist the whole thing yeah yeah okay yeah you know a book that everybody in my, in my that's where i come from i think everybody should read it i haven't yeah. given it to anybody who hasn't said wow where's that been yeah. why, why weren't we given that in school yeah. <laughs> so you know all those sort of things real there was much more uh rank and file involvement yeah. things were not uh there wasn't all we have anything like a whole society. Everything's controlled from the top. It was less controlled from the top now. Yeah. Then, you know, yeah. so it was great. So, what was your question? I must have um, gone, gone off it. The question is: Can you detail your understanding of how this? Well, one of the questions is of how the station began. No, I don't. I don't yeah. really know. I yeah, don't yeah. know. That's one thing. I just know it happened, and yeah. we we happened to and get involved. And you joined in yeah. pretty much in '76. Yeah, and it was just such, yeah, yeah, yeah. such a good idea, you know. Yeah. Yeah, the the, uh, the first two blokes who started were Danny Hillier. I just spoke to Mick Lewis, who was the organiser then. Danny Hillier and Phil Court. And if you'd like to get hold of Phil Court, he's a he's at um, they think he is at Scotch Church, and they think he's at the one he thinks he's at the one in town now. Okay, you know, so that, he's the old, one who went on to be, yeah, become a priest. Yeah, yeah, and he was a scaffolder for a for a long time, and oh. uh, and he was also a. Uh, Worked for the for the DLI, which was work cover at the time. So that's a g- good bit of information. There you go. Yeah. So he's got amazing memory. Just shows you what you can do. What happened to mine, Old? Too crazy. Your what? My memory. Uh-huh. Mix of it crazy as well, but not quite as crazy. All right, where were we? Okay. Yeah. In terms of stuff, you've talked about some of the more interest. Some of the other shows, like you yeah. were just talking about the MUA show. Can you remember any others? Did, yeah, you, did were, you listen? Like, yes, for, yes, yeah. especially the MUA because yeah. I just I felt I connected. I, and we've listened on and off to the to the garden show for years because it used to be in front of the concrete gang. And also they're pretty amazing. <laughs> Some of them were there for years. They're still there. And, and that, old, that lady who did um, the peace program. Yes. For what, who stopped, who finished now, was her name? She oh. passed away. Oh, she yeah. passed away, did she? Pauline Mitchell. That's right. She was a, God, she was, she was talking about a stalwart. Yeah, she'd yeah. been there since before the station began. <laughs> okay, yeah. Because she was doing it on, there was a little access station that the ABC ran for a while and they closed that down. Fraser closed that down. And she was doing it there first before 3CR even existed. 
Yeah, and she literally she did it up until a couple of weeks before she passed away. Oh, she she knew she was going. Yeah. Did she? Mm-hmm. Oh no, not entirely. Actually, she she was she was unwell. But, but she was an old lady, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah, she was in her eighties. Um, and I think what was going on in the end? Someone was going out to her place and recording mm. it because she couldn't get into the studio anymore. Yeah, and, and I, there is. I just look. I did used to listen to, and I used to listen to music a bit on it too because there was music you couldn't hear. Yeah, we were just, we're just talking, talking about yeah, that. You know, so blues with a feeling. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, what we used to listen yeah. to that a lot. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I really like music and uh, and I like the blues and I like uh, singer songwriters and and you know so oh, folk music, but singer so not not the da 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 da. I like music with good words and Woody. And I introduced Woody Guthrie to John Cummins. You can put that down. It's the only thing I taught John Cummins. I taught him about Woody, and he liked Woody so. And Woody was one of my great teachers. I learned from Woody Guthrie. That I've got. On, if you want to know, if young people want to know how to get, I don't know these days. But Woody Guthrie and John Steinbeck started me to thinking. It's very simple. Yeah. yeah so well, that was about it. That was really. And I, I'm sure if we if we talk about it, Audrey and I could think of things. Or do you not? Uh, 12 years old, you don't Hannah, start texting Hannah people. Hannah wants to send a present to <laughs> She needs to know what size she is. Uh, oh dear, yeah, we've got families spread all over the planet. We've got a son and his three daughters in in, in Canada. Wow. Not good. No, it was bad, you know, he's married to Canadian, they split up. And, yeah. So that's what happens, but anyway, it's going well. We yeah. And they're not dead. Yeah. You know, all the things we all go on about our terrible own lives, oh, you yeah, come yeah. to terms with it, we just miss him, but... Yeah. And this Skype stuff and that good. I know. It's, it's, it's brilliant, yeah. isn't it? It just brings you close. And yeah, so we have to get presents overseas and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, I, I can't think, but we did. We did. You, you listened I said, much I more. Said, well, you listened to the Stick Together show. Yes, there. that's right. That's right. Um, oh, you've been filling in. Yes. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, and it was kind of like you knew people, although you didn't know them. You would now and again meet them. But it was just there was just good people who, and they weren't doing it for any other reason. They weren't doing it as a stepping stone. Three CR has been at Cromwell Street. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But it's really good that they got that uh, because they didn't own Cromwell Street, did they? No, they rented it there. So it's fantastic where they are now. I mean, it's just so nice. It it must just it must stick in the craw of the of the you know of the rich and powerful and the ruling class because you know. Well, I tell you, talking about things when the when the uh, the MUA dispute was on. I, I, you know, I, I that up uh, you know, <laughs> I, yeah, I spent a lot of time down there. I was, you know, not, not that I knew. I knew a lot of them in passing. The officials, how are you, and chat. But I just loved the way three. I, I reckon that, and the, I'm sure the MUA would say the same. Hadn't been this for three CR, it would not have. It, it would have been one, but not so quickly. I thought we, we, you could get on to three CR news. They need people down there, and we used to we live further out there, but we used to go there, spend the night there. We were there on the on the Saturday morning when all the coppers and the chopper was there, and Camo was on top of the police van directing the troops like a, like the sort of bloke he was, fearless, and you know it was a one of the great the great times that you, you'll never forget, and you realise what can be done if you all stick together. So. Yes, it was, and that was thanks to 3CR to a large extent, and people must never ever forget that. Yeah, thank Christ we got 3CR. Yeah. ABC is not bad, but it's it isn't. Doesn't generally It doesn't mind reporting afterwards, but uh, yeah. yeah, I know. Say, say the ABC is important, but <laughs> I think save so 3CR is every bit as important. Yeah. And yeah, and that obviously because what do you call it wasn't around then. Uh, 
What you, uh, the two other major community stations now? Yeah, Triple R and uh, the other PBS. one, PBS. Yes. And uh, although they've they've taken over a lot of the music stuff, mm. they haven't taken over the social mm. stuff, you know. Mm. So 3CR is very, very, very important. Whether you're a Sudanese refugee, or you're, I was listening the other day. You know, you just listen sometimes. And I was listening to some Tamil bloke telling his story, and you're going, "Hey, you know." No, it's. Uh, I have to switch off it and not now because I I get depressed to be honest. I just go crossed because you know I we, I'm 66. I really thought 30 years ago that we were on the <laughs> on the march to a decent society and this was all going. We weren't going to have this. So you kind of go. But anyway, we all rejuvenate again too. So no worries yeah. about that. But that does. It can get very heavy. Yeah. <laughs> I know that you've talked a bit about those kind of broader aims and objectives of the station, yeah, and yeah. even of your program. Yeah. Can you talk a bit more about that? Like, even in saying, oh, you know, we thought things were going to change, what was the role of the program and doing a, a community radio show within within that? I think just, just educate... I think re- a lot of it was... Uh, a lot of it was passing down, like I said before, passing down the knowledge, and none of the knowledge we had was new, but passing down the knowledge that the that generation before, who I'm so biased for that I can't tell you, you know, I just reckon they were great, you know. I suppose, could maybe your grandfather and my father, that sort of, my father and mother's generation, you know. I just think that they were just so good and they, they so they told us and we could tell others and that to me was one of the main things and of course all the new things that were happening because the same problems just poke their heads up with 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 different titles and in different ways that's all you know, the injustice of the world you know and the fact that they're rich and powerful the three or four or five percent just run the whole bloody show in their avarice which i recently looked up what is it that other version of it uh, insatiable in, no there's an, even a better one the thing about how it's a disease you know like um, old what's the name got it in the west you know mm. Mm. and that, that's what's so good it counteracted that it gave you the reason that life isn't you know we only come sometimes here. you feel you feel isolated in your own world and that you know listening to something like 3CR makes you realise that you're not alone <laughs> yeah yeah it's very good for you yeah, yeah. and people must realise that it's very important very yeah. important and you know especially now what happens to us is that our my a lot of my friends have died I don't know why some of it was hard living but other it was just bad luck and then people have moved away and then the two good friends I've got now that are both in the industry uh, you know one's never had a child or pot he's had a some you know good relationship two or three years but he's very much a single man in his in his 50s the other one's a a late father and you know a separated father in his 50s a very good father and a very good bloke and um and he's and the mother is a very nice person too but it's just a very different life so i you know you kind of drift away and that's why it's so important to listen to things you know yeah and, uh, and I'll tell you another. <laughs> you, you, there is other programs. What's that? What are the the old the old people used to play that music on a Saturday night? Remember? Was it a Saturday or a Sunday? Or a Sunday? What was that again? Was it nostalgia? Yeah, yeah, nostalgia yeah. Nostalgia unlimited. Then, and you know these old people who are older than us, and then they were enjoying, you know, just good. Again, thing. I think they're still there. Oh, they were. I should listen. I should listen. You know. Do you remember a guy called Ralph Knight? Now, nice. I don't really. Again, think. he was a technical person. He was set he? up the, um, the because when when 
Cromwell Street got built, yeah. the transmitter and stuff was in a little hut at the back of the town hall, the Collingwood town hall. That's right, yeah. Um, so a transmitter and an antenna and whatever was built down there, and Ralph was one of the people who built it. And he also did, like, steam radio and swing and sway uh, and that. nostalgia. Oh, and, 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 and then, then the, as uh, I'm right and same antenna, then went to uh, Armadale? Something happened. Am I dreaming? Armadale was the first, the oh, very the first, first one. one. So oh. it would have been moved from Armadale to Collingwood well, to, Town Hall for Cromwell Street. Street. Well, that's yeah. Ian was involved, and in, that's when he would have been okay. involved in the direction of it because that was pretty high, and you had to have proper riggers to do it. And that's yeah, how. Ian would have done a lot of the physical work. There would have been yeah. trains and that involved. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so they, they, you know, and as I say, they the, the tie-in with them was, I was a bit. Narrow in my vision, no, you know. I was I was full on. I'd found something that I really liked because I came from a middle class family, and I was a disappointment. And uh, you know, so I so enjoyed the industry and not having to work. You know, when you had a job, when you have a job in construction, it's um, it's you know, it's only got lost for a certain amount of time. And I love that. I can't stand just. I'm going to be here for the rest of my life. I put a gun to my head, you know. So. Yeah, so we were involved. But it, it, the, the great thing was then, there was very good politics in the unions. Whether it was the left of the Labour Party, through to all the others, the stupid fights, I mean, they're ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous and embarrassing. But anyway, that's how it was. I mean, people may not know, but uh, John Cummins and... Uh, and uh, what do you call it? Jack Mundy became good friends after all the crap had died down, you know, and Jack... Uh, Jack comes to the John Cummins Memorial Fun Night when he can, and he's an old man, he's 80s now. Now, you know, all those stupid things fighting each other. And, of course, then there was a break-up of the Soviet Union, so that... Uh, <laughs> it was just ridiculous. I hated all that stuff, and I actually never really got involved in it, you know. I was asked to join a party or two, and I, I just couldn't do it. I, I, you know, I, I never... I just... I couldn't... I can't stand being... Uh, yeah... Know. And obviously that was, you know, that, that was a big part of that early history oh, it was. in the oh, late of 70s. Course, of course, there was, pe- it was, there was a, a, the, the Russian liners, as they were called, you know, the, the Stalinists and the, the Maoists, and oh, it was ridiculous. Yeah. And that's gone now, is it? Yeah. It's, a, it's a much more, yeah. you know, didn't they? And, you see, and getting back to where we were, that was the whole thing. The whole, it was education. And, and if you, the blokes on the jobs then, there were blokes who were semi-illiterate and illiterate. They were better educated than there are people today who haven't missed a day's school and get high marks and know nothing about the world. That was a whole, that was a whole thing that uh, was, it was so important for 3CR was to pass that on and those times, and it was all part of it. And um, it just makes, you know, now, now, as Audrey said, it makes it very important to, uh, as important as ever. And, and I'll tell you, <laughs> if you put this down, it's a good story and I like it. I, uh, I worked, well, the last job I had, the real, I was able to retire a year early because I got down to one thaggy to the, you know, to the desal plant that was very good for, for Victoria, you know, haven't used any of the water, spent millions that obviously never looked into it, you know. Don't start recycling water or reusing it like I do in Europe, you know, just rubbish. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it, it helped blokes like myself because I was past being stupid and drinking and we just knew it was our last opportunity. So I used to work, sometimes I was working 12-hour shifts, 4-12s. I wouldn't come home in the weekend. The order would come down 
uh, I had a house and you know just outside rented a house and on Sunday that was my one of my great things and because it's in that in the ba- the Bass Coast sticks out I got uh, 3CR clearly so <laughs> the people with 3CR and I enjoy you know so you could listen to the concrete gang at least and you want to listen to other stuff you can listen to that too so very good very good things like that and now when we go away try, I try but it doesn't it's, once you get over the Great Divide forget it yeah. it's gone which is a pity but understandable yeah. You can stream it via the website. Yeah, yeah, we should try that, you know? <coughs> especially now because I just heard yeah. that, I heard today one of the ex-organisers. I, I didn't quite get it. It was a bit late. He took his life, I think, you know. Uh, so uh, I just heard it on the Concrete Gang today, you know, yeah, and uh, I knew the bloke. Yeah. I didn't know him that well, but you know, it's it's nice to know what happens, you know, to yeah. keep people in touch. Yeah. But I've gone off. You actually asked me. That's right. What did I ask you? <laughs> I well, you meant that you're the intellectual. I'm the fool. Come on. Uh, yeah, but I'm not, not very good at actually following through with that. Um, yeah, I mean, these questions are all kind of the same and you've pretty much come Yeah, they are. And five, um, five's been done, as I say. Yeah, if I could think of, of them have been. And if I think up anything else interesting, I'll find yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One thing that I have been asking people, yeah. you know, that obviously, and you spoke about it before in terms of why was it set up in the first place, you know, it was yeah. really providing a voice to people who totally were missing from... From the media broadly, obviously, it's a totally different media environment now yep. in terms of yep. technology and everything. Yet we're still there, you know, doing what we do. What do you think of the the role of three CR nowadays? Like, is it different? Is it changed, or is it just the same? Or I think it's basically the same. I think that the importance of a live voice and feeling that you can you think, knowing you can phone up and just get through and people aren't going to question you or, you know, I just think it's it has changed because everything's changed. I mean, I swore I'd never use those things. And yes, I do look things up. And I have learned a bit, but you certainly can't learn about life from them. I can tell you, you better tell the young folk they can look at them computers for the rest of their lives and will die very dumb. Go and live. But um, no, it's much the same. I think you know, just it's it's adapted in a changing world, but I, I can't see it being any less important. To be quite honest with you, you know, I get a magazine, a music magazine, Rhythms magazine. It's been a long time. They give you know, so maybe this is an age thing. They, it's cheaper if you get it online. I don't like it cheap. I like to have a bit of paper. I like to keep it, and I can send it to my son in Canada. He's a bit of a musician. You know, I like that stuff. So maybe I'm just an old. Uh, what do they call them? People from a lot of but I still think it's very important, and uh, the people should just keep on going. And uh, let's hope that young people come through. And the other thing is, it's, it educates young people. And you come in there, and you're feeling down, and you kind of you think, oh, I can actually do something, and not, you know, told I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't wear my hair like this, I can't. You know what? And what about the Blackfella show? That's been very good as well. Very good. Very good. What's it called again? Uh, there's a few. Is there now? Corey Survival Show. No, there was, was another one before. Was that just an early one? Because that they're so good as well, you know. And it's they never had a voice at all. So you know all those things. And as I say, I don't religiously listen to them, but I was often get on the radio. I go to. I don't listen. I, only thing I listen to. For, I don't even listen to football on. With the adverts, because I don't. I sometimes I'm desperate. I do, but um, 
I listen to uh, I look I try ABC, both the Radio National, and um, and and I flick through and I flick to I flick to this. I mean that's the three that isn't it. We don't really flick to others. Then I know there's a nice country music show on a Saturday afternoon on. One oh two point seven. That's right. Triple is it? Is that triple R is mm-hmm. yeah, I get confused. But yeah, but no, I think it's very important. As important as it was, and maybe it's more important because no, people are that. dumber. And, <laughs> and the media is so much more powerful. And yes, and, and overbearing. Yep. And yep. Yep. Yeah. And you know that's right. The control of one man who controls most of it, and then you got Fairfax who's just trying to please everybody. Oh no, people must not for a moment think it's not important. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. We'd be absolutely dumb mm. to think that. And, you know, because of that, I know they're going to struggle, you know, they get their funding cut in, but I know people like ourselves will, we can, we'll, give a, we'll give a bit more day for it. I have, you know, I've, I've been a, a member all along. They've let it slip a bit. It wasn't my fault it was theirs, but I've paid up this year. And, then, and I, 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 I so like being a, it's, it's pathetic, you know. I can, I can go down the pub and drink eighty dollars worth of beer in five minutes. Not five minutes, a few hours. So <laughs> it's better. It's much better for my health to go and uh, give it to three CR and and yeah. Just tell all the people that listen to this. Just you, you're doing a terrific job. Keep it up. That's what we need. God, we need it badly. I dif- I go from being negative. Uh, what I have trouble with is is a uh, like uh, our son who's, who's who's staying here. We. We don't share a house, but we come in and out. He uh, is 34 this year, and he's a very good bloke. He's a chippy. He works in both sides of construction, working in the housing. He's working in the big stuff because he likes to make a decent quid. Most of us do not work for nothing. And he he's a thinker as well, but he gets so down. And one of the reasons is, I reckon, because he never had this sort of thing. I really do. You know, he didn't have something to revo- re- re- rejuvenate you, you know. Mm-hmm. It used to rejuvenate us, you know. And I, we used to really look forward to doing the show, didn't we? Mm-hmm. We had lots of fun. It really was. It was, But you see, life was different. You didn't work. You didn't have to work overtime. Thursdays, we would work till 4 o'clock. It was 7.30 till 4. Now 7 till 3.30. We may go to the pub and have a few being paid out, but often we wouldn't. We'd go home, the boys would come around in their old holdings and what have you. And, That's um, when you pre-recorded it. What? Yeah, yeah, pre-recorded. Or, or on Saturday morning, Sunday morning we do it. Because we didn't feel... We all lived, and everybody, the working people, mostly lived in the inner suburbs. We never lived further out than Northgate. God, we still live there. We've been multi-millionaires. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we bought a house here for 28 grand. Oh, dear, you've got to be joking. <laughs> our, our daughter lives up the road. And on the edge of Thornbury and Preston, and she's got it's a nice house, but they paid 400,000 for it. And Jesus, now the one who's a chippy's gone around there and said, You do realize there's some serious work needed in this place, don't you? I don't think they wanted to hear it, but they've just had a child and they're going, Oh, god, oh, yeah, we were very lucky, very lucky. But you see, that's the thing, we could all get in, even if we and some of the blokes didn't have. I mean, some people like Johnny Rotten would come in now and again, Johnny never drove, he couldn't, he's never sober. You know, people would come in. They, uh, Rexy. Rexy used to come either by cab. He'd come by cab on a Sunday morning, Rexy. Mm. It's just different, 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 different. Yeah. But very important. Very, you know. Yeah. My last one is about recommending two people for me to talk to because I'm trying to just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Phil, Phil Court. And we think that he's at the Scottish Yeah, and Church. I'm sure you'd get hold of him. Yeah. He's an extremely nice bloke. Yeah. 
and he's much more together than I am. So he'd have a good, ex inclusive... Yeah. Uh, I remember the story about the Thunderbox. In the old, this was just the time when we were starting to get a bit of cleanliness on the jobs. I mean, people had no idea how it was before. You, before, just before I came here, there used to be a bit of hessian put around a, uh, put around some poles, some two by fours, a, a Sun newspaper hung on a, on a hook, and that was your toilet. Mm. Anyway, and then we were slowly getting rid of them. You know, we are human beings. We should be able to go to the toilet in a nice, clean manner. I came here just when that was going, but I'd experienced it in Britain, but I won't go into that. Oh, they tell me it's better there now, too, than Christ. <laughs> so you have to high fight for everything. And they, he told this great story. I'm sure you'd remember. I don't know if they blew it up or they, they just they just dropped a load into something. They just got an old thunderbox, you know, that you used to have and it was made out of uh, out of roof and iron and they, they squashed it and thing. It's just I just m briefly remember listening on Concrete Gang because, you know, I'm thinking, ah, oh, that's a that's and I think he may have wrote a bit of a poem out as well. So he'd be well well worth getting in touch with, okay. you know. I'll track him down. And and Ian would be worth getting in touch with too, Ian Bolton. Yeah. <sighs> I just can't think I could find Ian's. I can, I'll get you. I'll find Ian's number. Copy. I'll find somebody old scaffold as they know. And he and Ian's got a very good memory. Because where there. do we think Ian is? He's in Yachuca. But he, I reckon he'd come down. Yeah. Ian's a very smart. <clears throat> and he and the other great thing about Ian was he uh, he got out of a, he was a very good scaffold. I mean, you know, did worked at five hundred foot and one board and all sorts of terrifying things that we used to do but he also went on to work work cover afterwards and he was a very, he was one of the the most respected inspectors there was and he never changed and then with the politics of time the the inspectorate now has become useless again you know after 99 we lost 14 1999 we lost 14 blokes in one year in uh, Commercial construction, and uh, you know, we all knew. I knew two of them. Some blokes knew six of them. It was just terrible. It was like it's like it was a was in the Kennedy era, mm -hmm. and then he and then he came in. He would have come in after that. That's when he would have. Yeah, and he was just left with all respect from everybody because he was so good at his job, and he just did his job properly, making building sites and construction sites safe. So yeah. try and get him. Okay, I'll, I'll try and look out for you. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Creatures of the Industry Summer Specials and thanks again to Juliet Fox for making this interview available. This is the final summer special for this summer and we will be resuming Series 6 with our interview with Greg Phillips on the 25th of February. All of our interviews are available on 3cr.org.au forward stroke Cotty, C-O-T-I, or on Apple Podcast and similar apps. Thank you for listening. You have been listening to Creatures of the Industry, an ongoing series of oral history interviews about the building and construction industry in Melbourne and regional Victoria since the 1960s. We faced deregistration. It backfired in the You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Concrete forest to back our log of flames. So keep your powder dry and hold your head up high. It's glass to glass and face to face. Our limit is the sky. We've got a fighting history and we never will be cowed. Not those labor